Hi, I'm Kayla. Hi, I'm Padma. And this is Chicks, Flicks, and Other Unrealistic Representations. So this is a podcast where we determine how realistic teen movies really are. And we have six categories, family, friends, relationships, school, personality, and culture. And today we're talking about Catcher in the Rye by J.D. Salinger. Yeah, there we go. So, Catcher in the Rye is essentially um, a first-person story um, told by the main character, Holden... Caulfield. Caulfield. Cauliflower. Caul- yeah. <laughs> and he it's his last day, or last, like, yeah, last day at, like, his boarding school or whatever yeah because he got kicked out because his grades were bad he flunked everything except english well yeah somehow (laughs) it'd be like that sometimes (laughs) and basically he's spending his last weekend in new york and his parents still don't know that he flunked out yes and he has that history of flunking out of all the prep schools he's been at yes which is not good yeah so the book is kind of his last weekend in new york and him having a mental breakdown yeah (laughs) (laughs) yes and it happens like over maybe like two days three Mm -hmm. days yeah so i guess that's why it's pretty densely like packed because it's not too much of a time period his parents are they in the book no no yeah it's his sister it's his sister yeah and he always mentions i think she's 10 and he adores his sister he loves her so much he's like the only character that he genuinely is like oh my gosh i love yeah yeah everyone else he's kind of lukewarm about yeah he's like they're phony yeah (laughs) and then i think doesn't he have i think i read something about like doesn't he have a dead sibling Mm -hmm. yeah ali yeah what happened he got leukemia and died and I think that also had a very... Oh, yeah. Impact. Yeah, because I think he said, like, after his brother's death, like... He had a mental breakdown. Yeah, he, that like, he broke, broke a bunch of windows he and, broke like, hurt his hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, he described it so, like, calmingly. Like, mm-hmm. it's not even, like, a thing that you'd, like... Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, when I first read it, I didn't even realize what he said. Then I reread it, and I was like, oh... Right? Yeah. Like, it takes a second read through. Yeah. He's very, I guess, detached from his own emotions. I think that's yes. a big thing with him. Yeah. He likes to critique everyone else, and he doesn't really understand his own emotions. Yeah. He doesn't really have that much of a progression or, like, a character. Right? Act, which makes sense. You know, it's two days. Mm-hmm. I guess it's more of, like, a peek into the life of a person, you know, yeah. rather than, like, this is a whole story, you mm-hmm. know? Rather than a whole year in his life. Uh-huh. It's just... It's two days. Here's this person. Take, take with it what you will. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be, like, a comment on society or mm-hmm. something. Definitely. But not necessarily teenagers. You know? Like, I'm pretty sure the author intended it for it to be, like, an adult book, like, an adult read book, but a lot of people just took it as, like, so. he did. A lot he of people did. took it as, like, a coming-of-age story instead. But it's oh, really? not supposed to be. Because I know it definitely attached to all the teenage readers in the 50s and yeah. 60s. Yeah. And that's where he found his audience. Yeah, I don't think he intended for it to be there, though. So then what was it a commentary on? I, know, I, I think it's supposed to be like some form of, not like complete metaphor, but it has metaphorical aspects. So friends? Does he really have friends? Does he really have friends? No, that's the thing. He's all alone. He knows people, but like that doesn't mean that they're his friends. Right. He's always trying to, like, seek connections. Like, I'm going to call this person. I'm going to call this person. Yeah. But, and then when he does and actually, like, hangs out with them, 
they're not who he thought they were. They're all phonies. They're all fake to him. And I think it has to do with, like, his big struggle is, like, the loss of innocence. Like, Mm -hmm. he's like, what happened to us? Why can't we just be the happy kids that we used to be? Yeah. And so I guess because he has, like, those childhood memories, he associates, like, that form of happiness and the way that that person was back then with how they should be now. Mm -hmm. And so I guess it's, like, the reconciliation of, like, the past with the present. And yeah. Like, you have to understand that, like, people grow up, you know? I know. He can't... He fails to understand adults and yeah, adult nature. Yeah. He just sees it as fake instead of them being mature and trying yeah. to help him. That's true. He's just like, no, you're just being fake. You mm-hmm. have, like, ulterior motives. You're not who you say you are. But that's not... <laughs> that's not true. And I guess it has to do with, like, his depressed mindset, mm-hmm. you know? And, you know, I feel like all of these categories, we kind of have to, like, look at his perspective from it. Because right. that's the way that the book is, like, mm-hmm. written. It's a very interesting, like, way to be written. Because at any moment, it just goes off on this weird Tangent part. Yeah, thing. and then yeah. it just comes back to what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. And it's as though, like, he's just processing it, you know? Right. It's just, it's a very, like, train of thought type of writing. Mm-hmm. Stream of conscious? Yes. Any particular characters that stood out to you? Like, friends? The ones? way he describes... The very beginning, who is it? Stradladder. How do you say his name? Stradladder. Stradladder. Yeah. What a name. And uh, Ackler. Yeah. Ackler. I like all the names in this novel. Yeah. Like they just they just stick out and yeah. they sound like so phonetically pleasing. Yeah. Holden Caulfield, and like who was Robert Ackley. Ack Ackley. Yeah. And then Stra- Stradladder. Someone. But the way he describes them, it also stood out to me. Yeah. And they still, like, he does, like, somewhat normal teenager things for, like, that little section of going to the movie and stuff. And right after that, he, I don't know, something breaks in him. Maybe it's spending time with that person that he realizes that, like, things have changed. Mm -hmm. Because before, he wasn't really, like, he was just kind of, like, ignoring him. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. It's, his interactions are very weird. Yeah. Like, he's kind of temperamental. He's also, like, really immature. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, really immature. Even says, like, people think that, like, he acts like a younger age than him, like, Mm -hmm. the way that he is. And it's so ironic. He's like, half my head is white hair. Yeah. And he looks really tall and big for his age. Yeah. But then the way he thinks and talks is not his age. Oh, yeah. He has very simple speech. Like, Mm -hmm. the way that he talks throughout the book, it's just so simplistically and, like, it's just stated is like a thing Mm -hmm. there's no like deep contemplation or like description it's just kind of like here's like it's up to the reader to come up with that deep analysis yeah or like even like picturing something like he gives details but it's not like it's not the details that you would think Mm -hmm. he's very um subconsciously like analytical like or like the way that he sees things he sees minor details right so like i'd say he's immature in that sense but he's also seems very smart to be able to judge people like like some of the things i guess are true in the way he like he over exaggerates but to some extent people are fake in the way they interact and the way they hold themselves up yeah a little bit i guess everyone's supposed to be a little fake because you're supposed to like be a certain way in today's Mm -hmm. society so i guess the commentary could be just the loss of like childhood innocence in society as a general because i feel like acting childish childish is viewed like frowned upon in society because it's like oh you have to grow up and whatever Mm -hmm. but i feel like at every at any moment like everyone should kind of have that little bit of like happiness yeah like that type of wonder for life and Mm -hmm. like 
build to live because if you're just mature all the time what's the point of living you know yeah he's so cynical yeah he sees it just everything's lost yeah it's not what it should have been i mean he's kind of he's kind of right but like he takes it a bit too far you know yeah and that like teenagery mindset yeah that's what the author's going for he he also doesn't really have like any like purpose in his mind he just kind of lives you know Mm -hmm. he doesn't have he can't really see too far ahead and that's another job he doesn't think about the future yeah he just thinks about tomorrow like Mm -hmm. you know whatever happens in my life happens which isn't good yeah in high school when like you have to think about what's gonna happen next yeah because it's like the cusp of like adulthood Mm -hmm. even though it doesn't always feel that way like it is the choices you make now (laughs) will influence you for the rest of your life Although I'm sure in the 50s it didn't matter as much. Like, grades and stuff. Yeah. And he's he went to the rich boarding school. Yeah. I think that's another thing about his character. He's isn't struggling with, like, poverty and things like that. Yeah. He's just struggling in his own head. Oh, yeah. And, like, you can't always feel sympathetic for a character who's, like, I just casually have a weekend in New York and have, like, money to spend. Yeah, he's kind of, like... like Honestly, it felt a little, like, painful for me. Like, it felt like he was throwing away, like, what he was given. Like, mm-hmm. his privilege and stuff. And yeah. Like, don't, don't do that. Yeah. Use it, you know? I, I don't think he was very self-aware. No. Not at all. what he was doing. He probably couldn't even think about, like, the cost he of the even things think. he was doing. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, yeah, he was more describing his actions more than his thoughts. You know, like, yeah. it's... Like, although, like, he was thinking throughout the entire book, it's not like he was thinking about anything meaningful you mm-hmm. know it's just kind of like here's what's happening it's a very yeah. present awareness rather than like an introspective type of thing and the only thing he worries about is like telling his parents that he flunked out of the school yeah because and not even worry. because he flunked out of the school because he's afraid of their reaction right he doesn't even care that he flunked no, out of the school. no because it's happened before and like mm-hmm. there were no consequences for it I, that's another thing he's never faced real consequences I yeah think. yeah which makes sense, I guess, his upbringing. Yeah. Know? But it doesn't make it correct. But all of this leads to the question, why did he have that mental breakdown? Like, which one? <laughs> <laughs> I guess the the one throughout the novel. Was it just because oh. he found himself questioning everything? I guess, yeah, because this had, or... like... Yeah, like, everything was happening at once. And, like, I guess for one of the first times he was kind of realizing or thinking to himself that like wow everyone's fake and like Mm -hmm. when he finally had to like confront those childhood like memories that he had and like he had to bring them to the present rather than just holding them as memories and when he did he was disappointed with what he saw I guess Mm -hmm. and like you know I feel like being by yourself in New York City for like an entire weekend can you know do things to you you know and like his experiences were very strange to him, you know? Yeah, especially, New York was the place he grew up in, Yeah, what he said, yeah. so spending just that place with all those memories of where he grew up and stuff. And but, seeing how it's changed. Yeah, and because he was sent to a boarding school, it's also, like, he's feeling very disconnected from his family yeah. and from where he grew up and everything. I also think that has to contribute, because 
Is it just sending your kid off to like a bunch of random boarding schools, like it's after not. he flunks out of every I know, single that's one? That's not gonna solve anything. That's not gonna solve anything. You I think have it's to a talk parent. To your kids, true. Right. You have to maybe not send them to boarding school. Yeah, because like, it clearly wouldn't work. And like maybe ask him like why this is happening, or like talk yeah. through with him about right. what his feelings and like because I feel like he also doesn't have anyone to tell these things to. Right. He's very lonely. I feel like yeah. no one ever asks what his feelings are. No. <laughs> no one ever asks him how he's doing. He's yeah. The one always trying to call up people and trying to contact them. True. And he seems like a pretty amiable person. Yeah. Like, I don't know why he doesn't have friends. Oh, I think he also describes how, like, a lot of parents always come over on the weekends mm-hmm. and how a lot of kids, you know, they go oh, to their parents. Yeah. Why doesn't he ever? It's yeah. like his parents, to a certain extent, they just don't care yeah. about him. Yeah. As much as they should. Uh, yeah, there is, like, that kind of disconnect for, like, I feel like richer parents, you know, like it's either they, they don't throw have money time. At yeah, they they throw money at them rather than love, you know, mm-hmm. because especially if like they came from like a poorer background and they realize that like, oh, I didn't have all these things, so I want my kid to have these things, mm-hmm. and so instead they like give them things rather than their love. Yeah, and, like they don't realize the benefit of like having a relationship with mm-hmm. your child. So it could that. just be that they're like busy with work but that's not really an excuse to like, not parent your child <laughs> right like put work over your child mm-hmm. is not a good thing no no yeah there's that and he doesn't have any real friends which no. also makes me really sad <laughs> honestly i i couldn't really sympathize with him like i i kind of i got it like okay you're depressed like i get mm-hmm. it but like I, I think I didn't feel bad for him. Yeah. I felt more that I could have been in the same situation. Okay. Yeah, I You know, that. like, that doesn't necessarily mean I felt bad. Yeah. I think a lot it's of just... his, like... Like, sad things have happened to him, obviously. And, like, he lives, like, a relatively sad life. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the fact that, like, he hasn't necessarily... All of his issues, other than, like, his brother's death, all of his issues are kind of from, like... They're, like, you know, surface-level things. Like, he kind of doesn't have friends, and, like, he's not doing too well in school. And, like, at that time, that's kind of surface-level type mm-hmm. of thing. It's not, like, any deeper issues. And so I feel like if he... Some people just need, a, like, a, a shock of perspective. You know, yeah. like, your life isn't too bad. Like, I get that, like, as everything is relative and everyone's mm-hmm. problems matter. But, like, I feel like personally it can help with your own problems, getting you out of your own right? head if you see someone else's struggles. And he's never had to do that before. No. I think all of his problems, they could be fixed. Oh, yeah. They're not, like, unfixable things. No. He just needs a little bit of guidance. Yeah. A little help. Which I have. Right. That's yeah. the part I feel most sad about. Yeah. That no one's trying to help him mm-hmm. rather than, like, feel bad for him necessarily. And I guess it made sense for that time period because, like, <laughs> what was mental health in the 50s? I know. <laughs> like, seriously. If you don't have Probably a physical ailment, you're perfectly fine. You're just know? treating, like, PTSD. Yeah. From... The war. I think J.D. Salinger, he was in World War II, and that also had a really big impact on his writing. And I guess the 50s was supposed to be a very happy time. Like, when I think of the 50s, I think of, like, those billboards, like, showing, like, a happy, like, household, and, like, like, showing, like, model homes Mm -hmm. or whatever. It's very, like, the cookie-cutter Yeah, and, like, if you don't live this happy life, then you're not happy, you know? Right. And so no one could really, like, express how Mm -hmm. they truly felt. And that's a lot of novels. He realizes how fake all those things are. Yeah. Of, like, that cookie-cutter, like, the girls have to be like this, and the guys have to be like this. I think, in a sense, Holden realizes how 
fake and how like superficial that those things is. are yeah so i guess we were, we kind of skipped over relationships because there aren't really any there aren't really any personality we've been talking about let's talk about like the culture we're kind of getting into it like mm-hmm. the 50s like type of thing i liked the usage of um what's it called colloquialism you yes. know like obviously there's like a lot of cursing because that's like the time period but like mm-hmm. all the little slang things i was like this is so funky like what is it's this so funky. <laughs> what are they yeah saying? it really puts you in that and, time period. yeah yeah and it's a good comparison to like <clears throat> how things like obviously there are some things that you can like connect between like how things are now and mm-hmm. how things were then but like there's a lot of differences there's a lot which of differences is a good thing i think yeah i think a big difference is when he went to New York, he found himself super bored. Yeah. And the things he had to do weren't things, like, a teenager would do now if yeah. they were in New York. Yeah. And I feel like now everyone's kind of, like, overstimulated because there's, like, so many things oh, to do. So things we to don't do. know what to do. But yeah. Holden's like, I don't know what to do. I feel like Holden... <laughs> just call a random friend. If he lived in the, like, 21st century, mm-hmm. he'd be, like, one of those, like, Tumblr guys that, like, has, like, those accounts. Like, he'd be, like... You know, like the, with those like funny accounts, and then they'd post like something about being in the being depressed or something. But and then, no one like, would take it seriously. Well, he, no, 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 no. I feel like he'd have friends like online. He'd be like, he'd have online. Of, friends. Yeah, he'd have online friends. He'd like he seems like a Tumblr guy, you know, <laughs> like with that, those like specific band T-shirts and like whatever, and like he's probably a little gay or something. You know, like that persona. Mm-hmm. He kind of embodies it. If he were now, and he, I feel like if he lived now he'd live a better life you know i think he would too. yeah because it's more I think if everyone lived now they'd live a relative yeah <laughs> they'd live longer they wouldn't smoke <laughs> yeah mental health mental treated. health yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, i can't believe that like teenagers smoked back then like right? he's like 16 he's and really he was like smoked. oh i used to smoke and like what <laughs> How? Just casually pulling out smokes that's going for it and they don't even know yeah I think another big theme in this novel is, like, um, sexuality and his sexual experiences. That yeah. happens a lot. Yeah. Doesn't Which, he, like, when he hires, like, a prostitute, all he wants to do is talk? Talk, right? <laughs> like, that made me feel... Just go to a therapist. Oh, honey. Um, Did they have therapists back then? I don't know. Like, legitimate people who, like, you sat... Or was it just kind of, like, someone to evaluate your, like... Like, the psychoanalysis? Psycho yeah. yeah. Isn't that I think what... that's what they had. It's just kind of like, are you, like, mentally well or not? And mm-hmm. if you're not, you go to, like, an institution. You uh, don't, like, have someone to you talk don't have to. to. Instead, you get a prostitute. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, back then, I think, like, if you're not considered sane, like, if you had anything like depression or, like, they even, just like... threw you an institute? Yeah, they did. I'm pretty sure. Or, like, they, they hid it from people. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, okay, I'm I'm getting my knowledge from, like, do you remember A Miracle on 34th Street? Like, the old version? No. Like, the black and white version? See, they take Santa Claus, who <laughs> Chris Kringle, the guy who thinks he's Santa Claus, to, um, like, a, like, to be psycho, like, analyzed and whatever, mm-hmm. and, like, most people say that he's okay, but this one doctor says that he's not, so they put him in an institution because, like, they think, like, oh, he thinks he's Santa Claus, so, like, he's a danger to, like, society oh or whatever. And I'm pretty sure... Because I, I can't picture a 50s therapist. I yeah, can't I could picture them actually, like, spending actually money trying. That. Isn't that yeah. ironic, though, that after he gets kicked out of a boarding school, he essentially has to go to, like, another yeah. institute thing? <laughs> yeah. Which is, it's just, you know, repeating the cycle, I guess, mm-hmm. and kind of worsening it. Although, the end of the book kind of implies that, like, he 
sees that like innocence isn't always lost, you know, because mm-hmm. it relies on the consistency of like children, you know, mm-hmm. like it doesn't matter now that like people aren't as innocent as they seem because you know children kind of hold that i think his general view is that like innocence in the world is lost like even the children are corrupt that's kind of like his Um, i think he um i thought it's more directed towards like teenagers and adults it is but like like, every single child he finds comfort in the fact because remember like when he sees like that expletive written in graffiti mm-hmm. like he kind of freaks out a little bit because he just like, feels sad yeah because society yeah exactly because he thinks the children are also corrupt i bet he thinks that it's more like the society and adults trying to corrupt the children rather than the children the end, being corrupt themselves and then he, at the end he sees that that's not true <laughs> mm-hmm. yes and at the end i kind of doubt that he even feels better because it's supposed to be a positive ending. He's right, but like if you read into his like tone and the way he writes, it's still like the same thing as how he starts out throughout the novel. It feels like I don't know. It doesn't well, yeah, because you know there's little to no emotion in the book anyway. Why right. change that now? It's there's no character development. There's not there's supposed no. to be. You yeah. know, he just kind of worsens throughout the book, and then at the end, it's kind of like a little glow of hope. He's like, by the way, but you can't really you can't really judge like his feeling the way he feels at all by the way that he talks you just have to like look at the actions rather mm-hmm. like the the things that he's and actually there's also describing very big narrator narrator bias oh so you yeah. don't even know like if this is actually this like is happening if yeah or like if anyone is actually this fake or if this is just how he sees mm-hmm. it you know <clears throat> and i guess it, it, i feel like the book could be read differently if depending on like your opinion on like teenagers you know like if you're like yeah <laughs> if you're a boomer reading this book you're like oh back in my day <laughs> like the 50s was a good time or whatever, right? right and then now if you read this book yeah if like you're a teenager, teenager reading this book now. you can like relate to it but if not you're just kind of like oh this is like the stupid boy like doing mm-hmm. whatever yeah that's family friends oh we didn't talk about school school i mean we kind of did we kind of did but like, you know if he were like if he was if he was failing today like he would <laughs> The like, future is dead, you know? Right. Like, he would have to, like, go in. I guess he would rely on his family mo- money. His family money to maybe. get into a good college. But, like, you know. Yeah. It still wouldn't be easy. Like, I feel like right. his parents would make a bigger deal out of it. And he would make a bit- bigger deal out of it. Because teenagers today are very aware of how much school matters. Right. Unless they're, like, really, really privileged. But even then, like, you kind of have to get right. decent grades. Mm-hmm. I think of him, also the interaction in the beginning, him with the teacher... Yeah, yeah. That was weird. That was weird. But it had a lot... To, I think the teacher was, like, also very disappointed in him. And yeah. Holden was just kind of, like... He didn't Remember care. he read out um, yeah, the, the essay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like, P.S., don't feel bad about failing me. Just fail me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. In this class. And then the teacher was like, why did you write this? Yeah. It was very tense scene. Yeah, and was, yeah. He was just kind of like deflecting it, trying not to like I, feel I guess bad. The audiobook kind of like lessened it because the guy was like doing the voice of like the teacher. Like mm-hmm. it was an old guy, and like it was funny. I was like, wow, this is great. <laughs> like, I, it was a funny interaction to me. It was weird because it was like the first thing that happens. Yeah. It like sets the whole stage of him flunking school. Yeah. Yeah. If he wouldn't be flunking today, I don't think. It'd be more like getting D's or something. Because, like, getting F's is, like, very different than getting, like, a C or something. Like, they're both mm-hmm. kind of considered bad grades. But, like, getting an F is, like, 
Someone would talk to him, you know? F is like you have to repeat a grade. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Yeah. And he doesn't. He doesn't. He just gets thrown into different boarding schools. Yeah. They just kind of gloss over. How old is it? He's 16, right? Yeah. 17 when he's telling the story. 17 when he's telling the story. He probably had to repeat a grade. What grade is he? He was a junior, right? I think so. Yeah. So he's supposed to be a senior. Like, when he's saying this, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how grading, or, like, grades worked in the 50s. I mean, I'm, I'm sure, sure it's, it was like, the, the same. same. <laughs> but, like, it's different. Just a little bit different, you know? I don't know. And I feel like back then it didn't really matter if you finished high school. Mm-hmm. Because there were, like, other jobs other than, like, having a degree. I don't even think he'd need to get, like, I feel like, didn't he say, like, his family is, like, a family of, like writers or something yeah they're so all he would just like write they a have book the money something. to go to like ivy league schools and stuff i don't even think he'd have to he'd just write a book and like because of his family name he'd <laughs> do well in life you know yeah because he's he the, the only class he didn't funk in was english so yeah so he's a good writer i guess yeah and he reads a lot although he does consider himself like illiterate and the way he talks i'm like how is this kid <laughs> a good writer yeah <laughs> but i'm sure it's different you know but it feels more like a conversation, you know? Mm-hmm. It's so casual. It's so casual. There's, like, no big descriptions. It's, like, a difficult read in the sense... It's, like, as though you're talking to someone who just keeps talking and talking. Yeah, and, and like, talking. you don't get to say anything back. <laughs> yeah, that's why I found it difficult to read. I was right. like, gosh. There are big kid. chunks of paragraphs that just span, like, two whole pages. Yes. And you're like, oh, my God, I have to get through this. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And he also repeats. He's very repetitive, too. Oh, yeah. In his narration. I was kind of like, are you okay? I think that's where I saw the mental breakdown. He just kept saying, I'll call, it's Jane Gallagher. Gal, yeah, yeah. I'll, maybe I'll call up old Jane Gallagher probably like six times in the yeah, novel. Yeah. And she's like, just do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I guess he just doesn't feel ready to like reconnect with who she was. Maybe he doesn't um, want to prove himself right because he kind of views, like if he, talks with her and it ends up that she's a phony too. Right. Like, and he's like, I don't want to risk it. Yeah. He'd rather have the memory than the truth. I guess there's a slight relationship between him and Jane. There's supposed to be. Right. Because he was upset at first that like Strad. Strad Ladder. Ladder. Yeah. <laughs> like went on a date with her. Mm-hmm. Because I guess he liked her. I read some descriptions and they were like, because he was in love with her and I was like, no he wasn't. But he does describe them like like, remember the one scene where she started crying and then he, like, comforts her? Yeah. He's always, like, they always used to hold hands together. They weren't in love, though. No, but I think they still, like, because I feel, well, liked yeah, each other. Because I feel like he forgot about her for a while and then, like, the guy says and puts mm-hmm. her name once and he's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, so, he had yeah. definitely very fond memories of her. That's, yeah. And it could be young love. Because then you see they used to live, like, right next to each other. So yeah. probably, like, he moved. Yeah. And then they lost touch. Yeah. But I thought that was very sweet. And also the, the slight, like, rapey vibes that all the guys give off. Yeah. They're, I mean, it was the 50s. That's kind of what happened. That's what I... That's kind of what happened That's kind of what happened. But I like that J.D. Salinger, at least he put that in the novel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most, I feel like most authors wouldn't have. Yeah, because... They didn't want to recognize that that was the reality. But, but he... it was. If you watch Grease for, like, two minutes, you're like, oh, yeah, oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, seriously, a lot of what happens is, like, mm-hmm. you know, girls kind of not really wanting to do whatever. And right. And the are like, oh, you know, we really should. Like, yeah. That's what Stradlotter does. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, 
Is that a no? No, it's like duck, a, a geese. I don't know. Ducks can't fly. No, yes they can. Yes, never mind. <laughs> I don't. It's like a miniature crane. That's what it looks like. That was really scary. Oh my god. Like, oh my Anyways, I'm something. saying. Oh yeah, but Holden's the only guy who doesn't. Yeah. Who he's too depressed for that. Yeah, and he's always said that when he always got close to like doing it with the girl, they've always said like no, and he's always backed off. Yeah. And that's he, nice. he, that's what he says he's always done. And but at one point he was like, maybe I should have just come going like Stradlet or something. Yeah. But, I but think, every time he holds himself back. Yeah, it's too phony for him. You it's know? too phony. Right. I think he definitely, he respects women more than what I think other guys at his school definitely yeah. do. I guess because he's not that self-centered. If anything, he's more self-deprecating. Mm-hmm. You know? Maybe he thinks that, like, not like he doesn't deserve it because obviously, like, there's no deserving, like, someone's affection or whatever. But, like, he doesn't view himself as, like, better than anyone. So, like, he can't necessarily, yeah. like... Like, he has privilege, but he doesn't necessarily, like, think of himself as privilege. As privilege, yeah. And so because of that, he kind of respects people more because he thinks, mm. you know, I'm not that much. So right, and clearly. he doesn't take advantage of girls yeah. the way other people would. Yeah, that's So that's I think that's good. an interesting part of his character. Yeah, yeah. I guess if he did, he'd kind of become the people that he doesn't necessarily like. Right. Although, I feel like the way that, like, he describes things... Okay, so, like, the controversy behind the book is that, like, it <clears throat> encourages, like, a mindset of, like, you know, self-pity, you mm-hmm. know? And, like, the person that, like, did the shooting, like, had the book. Yeah. And, like, wrote, like, to Holden or whatever, like, this is for you or something like that. You can't take his words as, like, complete truth, you know? And I feel right. like that's... Right, that's the fault of those readers. Yeah. Like, they completely misinterpreted Yeah, because they, the like, um, kind of connect with the character. They just kind of think that, like, so I'm not, like, the only one who thinks this way. And so right. automatically this is how I should think. But I think the whole novel is, like, he's thinking in the wrong mindset. Like, yeah. that's what the reader should realize. Yeah, like, he's not okay, Like, you know? this isn't the truth. Yeah. This is narrator bias. Yeah. This is him being a teenager. Exactly. Readers can't take that as, like, everyone's phony, and that's true. Yeah. Because you have to realize that and he's even, just like, a kid. And like, the time difference, you know? Like, yeah. we live in a different time. Like, I'm sure, like, there are obviously, there's still societal expectations, but they're not as, like, black and white and clear-cut. Mm-hmm. It's more varied depending on, like, where you look. Yeah. So, you know, take this with a grain of salt. Take everything yeah. in this book with it, a grain of salt. Right. Like, you I mean, it's just a book. Yeah, yeah. it is. Stop. Like, don't it's take not, it too seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you have to, like, read the subtleties and get, uh, really understand what it means. Yeah. Or else you completely miss what this book is about. Mm-hmm. What is this book about? What is this book about? That's what, I have a hard time describing what this book really is about. I just consider it, like, I don't, I, I can't really consider it a coming-of-age story just because he doesn't, like... He doesn't really come of Yeah, age. yeah. It's more like... He just kind of accepts a little bit, but not really. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't necessarily know that. You could consider it that way, but there's nothing in the book to directly imply or, like, explicitly, like, state that, like, he has come to terms with, like, the way that he views society, mm-hmm. you know? It's more like, you know, maybe he did, maybe he didn't. Right. You can't really say. Who's to say, you know? Who's to say? There's supposed to be, like, a sequel or something, but then it didn't happen. 
Also, I think there's supposed to be a film adaptation, but that also didn't happen. I would love to see a film adaptation of it. If it's good. If it's good. I'd like to see it in the 21st century. Mm-hmm. That'd be interesting. That'd be really interesting. Although, isn't that just the movie Joker? Oh my god. <laughs> it's a bit different. <laughs> but not he a turns teenager. Into, Holden Caulfield turns into the Joker. I could see that. Honestly, that's... Yeah. Oh my god. So maybe the Joker was the sequel and the movie. Maybe this is, that's why this book connects with serial killers. Is this how they think? Oh, okay, J.D. Salinger was a weird guy. I looked up, like, some of his biography and stuff. Really? He, um, he liked to hang out with teenage girls, like, in his 30s. He'd just go up to them and hang out, like, random nightclubs and bars. Like, I'm the author of <coughs> Catcher in the Rye, because it was such a popular book. Oh. That teenage girls would, like, immediately know who he was. Oh. And he got married to, like... Like, four different girls throughout his life. Oh. I think when he was, like, 60, he got married to, like, a 24-year-old. Ah, so he's that type of guy. Right? He's, like, using And he brain. had really weird habits of, like... Like what? Like, doing weird things. He was into, um... What's the one thing I read? Like, he, like, he would drink his own urine. He had, like, oh homeopathy. Gosh. He believed in, like, weird medical things. Oh, he was a recluse. He, he actually <laughs> hated the fame that came with the book except when it got him women right <laughs> and Oof. that also was really creepy to me and he had like got divorced so many times and the women would be like because he wanted because i feel like this relationship if i continued it would like hurt me i was like what okay. is wrong with him yeah that's that's a little messed up or very messed up very messed up so i what mindset was he in when he wrote this novel <laughs> True. And could Holden Caulfield even represent any teenagers? True. Like, what if this all came from his own head? We don't know if people actually thought this much into it. Well, no, I think, I'm pretty sure at the time, it was it was very popular with 50s teenagers. It was. Because felt like it related to them. But it's, it's way too exaggerated. That's yeah. I feel like even teenagers who would read this book wouldn't completely feel like him. It couldn't represent, like, a whole generation. It just kind of represent maybe half of their mindset. Yeah. And, like, a little feeling in that. Yeah. It wouldn't... Like, no one would... It just kind of played into, like... Like, teenagers at the time didn't feel heard. Mm -hmm. I feel like teenagers haven't felt heard until, like, maybe the 80s when they actually had... Or even, like, the 60s, honestly. But, <clears throat> like, because someone actually, like, made a book that, like related to them they kind of were all over it because like right. no one's ever cared about their opinion before and it honestly it could do more with like just like the colloquial like um yeah stuff it doesn't necessarily have to be these characters yeah <clears throat> because like it's pretty difficult to like read into like and unless you're intentionally reading into the way that he is thinking and like mm -hmm. the way that he feels it's it's easy to just read it as like okay this was like a story that happened in the 50s yeah it's know? easy to miss his mental breakdown yeah. too yeah it's so subtle maybe that's the point because it's easy <laughs> we're all to just miss. going through mental breakdown i, I mean yes right? but like yeah <laughs> and it's hard it's harder to miss or it's, it's harder to like see it you know like if mm -hmm. you're just looking at like a person's life you're like why should they have a mental breakdown they seem fine and that's the thing about mental illness you know like it's not necessarily caused by any circumstances mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be it's like you know getting like a broken ankle or something or like tearing a ligament it doesn't even have to like ha like any physical thing it doesn't have to right. be a 
big accident or something mm-hmm. it can just be like oh I like tripped and I twisted my ankle right your brain gets imbalances and there are so many different reasons why mm-hmm. and it's a literal like that's how your brain shows that it's not okay right. you know unless other than like concussions and stuff a lot of people don't consider like anything else a like brain damage right. like illnesses they're not just like a fake illness they're like mm-hmm. a legitimate 